It's the time that you've all been waiting for. Bum, bum. Season three of the Community Connection is now underway. Production has been long underway. We've been working so hard getting all of this material ready for you. We have. We've been slaving all summer, thinking through how best we could present this podcast. All for you, dear listener. And we came up with a brand new idea that is a an announcement on this podcast. And that is that we are actually going to be splitting the sermons and the podcast. Did you know that? Yeah, because we don't want to be on the same podcast as all that preaching. <laughs> not, not on the same feed anyway, right? right. And so we're own. we're going to be having a new feed, a new podcast called Community Baptist Sermons or something like nice that. Nice and specific. Yeah. <laughs> Easily searchable. Sermons from Community Baptist Church, South Bend, Indiana, 5715 Miami Street. That's what the <laughs> podcast is going to be called. Good title, good title. Uh, and then this will be specifically just for the community connection. Are we going to rename this podcast? Ooh, maybe we should uh, see how many of our tens of thousands of listeners would send in suggestions as to what the podcast should be Some named. Some suggestions have already been made. Between Two Elders has be- come up. Between Two Elders would be, <laughs> would be a good one. But then what happens when we have other people on, on the podcast? Do they have to sit between the two elders? <laughs> Probably, probably. I feel like we'll get the most out of that kind of an interview. That's true. That's true. Uh, no, I think I think that would be good. So maybe maybe we will rename this one from the Community Connection. It's about time for a refresh. But I just want to let everybody know who's listening that um, we're actually going to be splitting off the sermons. That way um, we can go back and find the podcast more easily. Because people love to actually go back and listen to these podcasts over and over and over again. Mm. But if they're in the middle of all those sermons... You know, then uh, then people have a hard time finding them. Right. So yeah, good call. So we'll good call. we'll split this up. So that's going to be happening um, this fall, brand new season. And you know, there are so many things about the fall, Ben, that I look forward to. Um, are you a pumpkin spice latte person? N- I am not a pumpkin spice latte person. We Me have this neither. conversation every fall. Yeah, do we? I don't remember. Yes, and uh, I I'm just a regular coffee person, yeah, but I not. do love the cool mornings. I love the leaves when they start to change. Deer season is coming say, in just some a few. Furry woodland creatures that you like to see moving through the corn. Yes, but not for long. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to Brent. I was like, "Yeah, that deer was walking with the corn, and then he was not because Brent took him." <laughs> 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 oh dear. Uh, yes. So there are a lot of things this fall, but uh, one thing that I'm really excited about this fall is that we are going to have a couple more hymns of the month. Is that true? That's true. You know, the thing about hymn of the month is it's not a contract to have a new hymn every month. It's That's just true. on those months where we are teaching a new hymn, it is a hymn for that month. <laughs> <laughs> nice and uh, nice and uh, uh, broad for us there. That's good. And the reason for that is because. Um, in our hymn singing, there are more things that we want to learn as a congregation, but there are two kind of uh, fences around learning new hymns. The one fence has to do with uh, just the practical nature of learning a song really well. If your repertoire has three to 400 songs in it that your church sings, chances are it's going to be much more difficult um, for those songs to make a deep impression on the hearts of the people singing them. 
it takes repetition in order for those songs to really work themselves in you. You have mm -hmm. to really sing music a lot. Anybody who's been in a choir knows that this is the case. You develop a love for the songs you're singing in a choir over time as you rehearse the material, whether it's a community choir, a college choir, church choir, whatever, you really develop a relationship through the repetition. So that mm -hmm. would be one fence is if we have a too broad of a repertoire, we actually won't learn any of the songs as well as we would like to learn sure. them. Yeah. The other fence would be, uh, and again, this is maybe something, I hope it wouldn't be, but maybe a bit more specific to our philosophy of worship here at Community, which would be that we sing songs in response to scripture. So we actually want to when possible, pick songs that help us better respond to Scripture. Hmm. And the more Scripture we read as part of our public worship and gatherings, we actually discover holes in our hymnody. Interesting. Uh, uh, passages or truths or doctrines of the Christian faith, which um, really ought to be responded to and responded to in a poetic and artistic way. But for whatever reason, um, uh, hymnody, which is not inspired and not sufficient, uh, hasn't hasn't covered some of those things. And I was, I was actually just having this conversation with Pastor Sean. He led the Sunday morning gathering just a few weeks back, and he was making the same comment to me as we kind of discussed how the service went and just saying, you know, w with the passage of Scripture, it's amazing that uh, there are certain things that our hymnody just doesn't cover. And so those would be two fences that would say, you know, we don't need a hymn of the month every month. Um, but as we see a need for various hymns in our ministries and the opportunity to learn something well for the benefit and edification of our congregation, we're excited about taking that opportunity. That's a weirdly long yeah. answer to what no, you asked. No, I, I like that because that answer is revealing to our congregation that these aren't just hymns that we go, oh, I heard that on the radio, that was really cool, or oh, this hymn isn't one in our songbook, or I was reading in this really old book and there was a hymn that's fallen out of use, let's sing it. But rather, every single one of these hymns we have examined and we've looked at and for a very specific purpose are yeah. saying, this fits a hole that we need. Maybe some of our congregation already knows it, as we've done in the past, hymns that are even known, but we need to focus on for this month. Yeah. Or... This is a brand new hymn, whether it's newly written, whether it's an older hymn, whether it's an ancient hymn, whatever mm -hmm. it is, that we say, if without this hymn in our repertoire, without this hymn in the group of hymns that we're singing, that's what the word repertoire means, Yes, yes. in case anybody's listening and they don't know, within the, with it, without this hymn in this group of hymns that we sing, we actually are, are, uh, are not as, we, we are not able to present our faith and our emotions, the, the Christian life as well to God and to each other. And so we need this hymn in our group of hymns we're going to be singing. Yeah. And so with that in mind, um, the hymn of the month for the month of September 2023 is The Precious Blood. Now, written by a friend of ours, Steve yep. Pettit. And he'll actually be here in September for... For the bluegrass and barbecue. We're excited about that. He won't be here for a Sunday, though. You better come out to bluegrass and barbecue, though. We're going to yeah. have Nelson's Chicken on September the 15th. Saturday of the 15th. Nope, Friday. Friday of the 15th. Friday night. Friday the 15th, September. The, yeah. September 15th. I think food starts at 530. Can we just say that all in a row so that we don't <laughs> confuse people? <laughs> Friday, September 15th. At 530. 530 is when we start serving dinner. $8 plates for Nelson's chicken. Yep. 
They're not sponsoring this podcast, but they will be here. Ooh, maybe they should sponsor that would be the sweet, podcast. Man. We should have reached out to them and asked them to sponsor the podcast. You'd be doing a lot of the talking. I'd be eating Nelson's chicken. <laughs> so if food starts at 530, the concert starts at 7, there's going to be a gospel presentation. It'll be fantastic. Steve Pettit will be there. He'll yes, be doing he that gospel presentation. And I he bet, wrote this song. Yeah, and I bet he would sign the song for you. Maybe he'll sing it for us. I doubt it. But we could ask him. He'd probably hire somebody else to sing it. All right. Uh, the Precious Blood, written by Steve Pettit back in 2008, so about 15 years ago. You're singing this song on Sunday. I, I will introduce it to our congregation. If you want to hear Pastor Joe sing a solo, come to church on Sunday and yeah. hear Pastor Joe sing our hymn of the month for <laughs> and us. And please don't leave after that. Please stick around for the singing. <laughs> don't let his rendition, singing, please, please don't let his cover the of the song absolutely turn <laughs> yeah. you off to this hymn. Why, uh, Ben, all. would we sing this hymn specifically and teach it to our congregation? Of, of all the hymns that we have at our disposal, why would we teach this one? It's a really good question because um, we actually have to work a little bit harder for this song because it's not in either of our, of our hymnals that we use regularly. Mm -hmm. It's not in our Blue Supplement hymnal. It's not in our Red hymnal. The reason that this song is important for us is because this song is an exposition of the covenant of grace. Okay. There are very few hymns that okay, deal explain, with this. Pause for a minute. I will. Give me yeah. one second. Give me a, a, a one-paragraph explanation of the covenant of grace. Okay. Well, let me just say, there's very few hymns that talk about it, which is why we need this. Because the covenant of grace lies at the very heart of our entire relationship to God. And we know it. And we know this song talks about the covenant of grace because it says... Literally, uh, the precious blood of Jesus Christ, the covenant of grace. There we go. Okay. Now, let me just do... I'm going to do, if you don't mind, three-minute biblical theology of covenant. Three minutes. Three minutes. All right. In the Old Testament, through the New Testament, the Bible consistently pictures God relating to humanity through a covenant. Mm -hmm. A covenant is a kind of relationship. Mm -hmm. The closest thing we have in modern society to a covenant would be a contract. And what it is is a mutual agreement between two parties to meet certain conditions in this relationship. Mm -hmm. Now, a covenant in the biblical sense of the term typically is from a greater party to a lesser party. So mm -hmm. think of a very powerful king establishing a covenant with a lesser army, city, kingdom, mm -hmm. and promises support and defense and protection in return for loyalty and service and so on and so mm -hmm. forth. That is the social idea of a covenant. In the Bible, though, God makes covenants with humanity. He made a covenant with Noah never to flood the earth again. Mm -hmm. He makes a covenant with Abraham, an unconditional covenant that he will bless all the families of the earth through Abraham's seed and give him a land and so on and so forth. He makes a covenant with David, promising him a greater son who will reign forever and ever. Mm -hmm. And in all of these covenants, we continually see also the, the covenant to Sinai with the people of Israel. Yep. I will be your God. You will be my people. That's mm -hmm. the covenant. The people agree to the covenant. But throughout the Bible... Humanity is always unable to uphold any terms laid on it between the people and God. Like the covenant at Sinai, God gives 10 specific terms, the Decalogue, more than that, but, right. but written in stone. And the people of Israel are in a constant cycle of breaking the covenant. That's right. And that's yeah. how the prophets are mostly framed, yep. as you are covenant breakers. You're not standing in relationship to God through the covenant the way right. he commands you to. And so what God actually promises in the prophets is you can't keep this covenant because you don't have the moral ability to fulfill the obligations. Mm -hmm. God made the covenant recognizing that the people that he's covenanting with right. were going to break that covenant. Right. And so instead, in Jeremiah 31, God promises, I will establish a new covenant with the house of Israel. 
I will put my law on their hearts. I will give them the spirit of God. I'll replace hearts of stone with hearts of flesh. Mm -hmm. And that is what Jesus is referring to when he takes the Last Supper with his disciples. Mm -hmm. When he takes the cup and says, this cup is the New Testament or the new covenant in my blood. What he's saying is, my blood is God's signature on the dotted line that he will fulfill unconditionally the obligations of the covenant towards his people. Well, and there's another, and you, you just gave it. You kind of stole my thunder, but that's okay. There's another word that we see in our paper Bibles and, and our digital Bibles for the word covenant, and it's the word testament. Testament. And that's why we have the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, the Old Testament and the New Testament. Mm -hmm. And our readers, I mean, our listeners probably have never thought about that before. Right. But that's exactly what that means. Illustrate, uh, explanation and revealing of the Old Covenant, explanation revealing of the New Covenant from right. God. And when we talk about the covenant of grace, theologians call the New Covenant the covenant of grace because... It is unilateral is what theologians say. It means that God himself enters into the covenant, provides all of the necessary conditions for the covenant, mm -hmm. and then fulfills all the obligations of the covenant. And so God's people, without deserving it from God, have God fulfill all the righteous requirements of the law, have God save them from God's own wrath by providing a substitutionary sacrifice, bringing them into an eternal relationship with himself. The Bible says they'll never perish. They'll never be plucked out of my hand, guaranteed home in heaven. All of these things God provides purely out of grace. And that concept of the covenant of grace is not just a big concept. It's the shadow that is cast over the entire Bible is the covenant yep. of grace. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to unfold a little bit what you just said to make sure that everybody understands the depth of what you just said. Okay. When God makes his unilateral covenant in the new Testament with his people through the person of Jesus, what he says is when you enter into this covenant, if you break this covenant, you'll be an object of my wrath. Right. In order for you not to break the covenant, you need perfect righteousness. Right. So I've made a covenant with you through Jesus. Now the perfect righteousness that you need in order to escape God's wrath you have to have it, but you can't. So guess what? I'm going to give that to you. Right. I am providing the presence of the Holy Spirit. I am providing eternal life. I am providing the substitutionary death through Jesus that you need because you deserve to die and you can't live. But yet Jesus lived and he died for you. So now you can have Jesus's life. You can have his righteousness and he, you can uh, hold his death as your own so that by faith, the covenant that God enters in, like what you just said. I just want to make sure everybody's tying that right, connection right. between the giving of righteousness as the necessary action there, as well as the provision of death. Well, and this is really what you preached this past Sunday on John 3.16, mm -hmm. which if you haven't had a chance, go back and listen to Pastor Joe's sermon on John 3.16 from um, August the 27th. Um, really, really just a classic sermon. So, so good and so helpful. But I think without using the word covenant, that's exactly what mm -hmm. you were preaching this past week. Yep. Because God provides everything necessary for the covenant. What's required of man? To believe. To believe. Just yep. to believe. And he who does not believe is condemned, condemned already. already. Yep. They're under the wrath of God because they're covenant breakers. That's how yep. God views humanity. We are covenant breakers. 
only people who look to Jesus and what he has done and accomplished mm-hmm. are made members of the covenant of grace. Yep. And so what this song brings out is that the means by which that covenant is made available to mankind is through the blood of Christ. Right. Because there's a theme that goes through the entire Bible, the scarlet thread. There, there are a lot of themes that go all the way through scripture. One of them is the theme that in order for the covenant to be ratified, in order for the covenant to be complete, it has to include the shedding of blood. Sure. Right? Yeah. And so now we have the book of Hebrews. God is not say he's not satisfied with the shedding of uh, the blood of bulls and of goats, for those can never take away sin, but a body he's provided through Jesus Christ right. so that the blood of Christ can be the means by which we enter into that covenant. Now, this song here um, doesn't really so much exposit the theology of the covenant of grace, although it's there and there's a ton of theology here. But what it really focuses on are all of the blessings of being in that covenant. So, for instance, you know, if you have a gym membership card, like if you have a black card membership to Planet Fitness, um, you can go and not only are you able to access everything that's there, but you get, you know, access to the massage chairs or 50% off their protein drinks or whatever. Same thing if you have a pass to the Potawatomi Zoo, mm-hmm. you can go all summer, you're, you have access to special events or, you know, what those are all perks, we would say, or blessings that come with the particular relationship you have with that institution. Mm-hmm. And in the Bible, there are covenant blessings given to God's people beyond just the forgiveness of our sins, beyond just knowing that we won't be in hell for eternity. There are actually many specific blessings the song talks about, such as we're made kings and priests of God. Um, We are given access to a holy place where we can boldly pray. Um, uh, uh, We have mercy that flows for every need. God's sustaining power meets us at every turn of our earthly lives and our Mm. journeys. And so what this song does is it helps us not only understand what the covenant of grace is, but um, uh, preach to us all of the blessings super abundantly that God has given us in the covenant of grace as his people. You know, in giving of the covenant, I think there's one overarching concept that was focused on in my message on John 3. John 3, 16, 17, 18, and that is God so loved Mm -hmm. that all of this is a demonstration and a clear display of the immense love of God for those who were enslaved enslaved to sin. And and so when we sing this song, we, we see and recognize that the blood of Christ is the gift that the Father provides and the gift that the Son provides, and the gift that the Spirit provides out of love to us in order to reconcile us to the Father and ratify that covenant. So we are no longer covenant breakers, but we are covenant keepers with the covenant maker. Hey, there's a three-point sermon for you. Covenant maker, covenant breaker, covenant keeper. So God's the covenant keeper. Yes, he is. Yep. This song is going to help us meditate on those truths and I think it'll be helpful not just I again for our worship for us as a church family to be able to consider the truth of the gospel in the gospel's own context mm-hmm. which is the context of a covenant keeping God and all mm-hmm. the blessings that we have because of the work of Christ in our behalf bringing us into that covenant with his blood amen to that I look forward to singing this hymn over and over and over again I look forward to hearing you sing it over and over and over again <laughs> as we as we sing uh, the precious blood of Christ.